Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We're loaded up. Still room for you, as always. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Catch us on the stream Two Twitter outlets to watch the show on at uh, ESPN Lincoln and at the Hale Varsity Radio handle at HVarsity Radio. Give both a follow. Also on Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. You can find our private Twitter handles at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And as always, open to the emails, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Mitch Sherman will talk Nebraska, Indiana. We'll get into some of the coaching candidates again that may have picked up steam or been reassessed with Mitch Sherman. In hour two, the return of a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski will be with us. We'll get Kaz's take on the task at hand Saturday night. His thoughts on Coach Allen of Indiana. And uh, we'll get his thoughts too on just the Nebraska job in general. He's lived it and what's the perception, right? Treb's talking to a number of folks that he knows in the football world and football business. What is the perception of the big red gig? What do other coaches think about it? So we'll spend time with uh, Rick Kaczynski there. Colton Feast, senior defensive tackle for Nebraska. He'll join us at 540. Good press conference today from Mickey. Uh, a lot of press today. Coach Hoiberg in front of the media, several players. And you get the the sense that a bit of the dust has settled, Elijah, where, okay, you've, uh, you've had a, a weekend to recalibrate. They're back to practice. They're back to work. And the, the word of the day was simplification. That's where Nebraska needs to be uh, defensively so you can play fast. It's a, it's a pretty simple workflow. Well, it looks and sounds simple, but get the call in, get lined up, know what your job is, go play fast, right? Simple enough. Well, it's been problematic for Nebraska's defense because of some of the new pieces and new components in that communication part. So a lot of one-word calls coming into the sideline under Bill Bush. Will that make a difference uh, Saturday night against Indiana and their tempo. A lot's been made of their tempo. Nebraska d- didn't get lined up or assignment sound against Oklahoma with what they were doing. OU was just flat out better. But can Nebraska figure a way out to, to get this win? And 
This is not hyperbole. I believe this. We talked about it after the loss to to Southern uh, Georgia. It, it uh, before you hit eject on the season. Let's figure out what Oklahoma looked like. That was bad, and and then okay, you can make your determination on if this thing's going to get way worse or if there's a chance that it bounces back and Nebraska gets better. Well, this seems pretty darn important Saturday night to go get a game. Nebraska favored by five and a half. Elijah Herbal is speeding to the boats right now to put heat down and take the point. Not that you want Nebraska to lose. Not at all. You don't really cheer. But just looking at this thing, you would think there's going to be a lot of points scored based on both offenses, but more so based on how both defenses have performed. I'll give Indiana this. They've got to win over Illinois. And Illinois looks like uh, they could make life real miserable uh, for Wisconsin. They now sit at 2-2. Two and two. It, It's interesting. We, we talk about some of the jobs that are open. You know Georgia Tech is open. You know Arizona State's open. You know Nebraska is open. I'm wondering how things are going at Wisconsin. Paul Christ has been steady. He's been good, but he's not gotten Wisconsin over the hump. He's Barry Alvarez's guy, right? He got hired away after a year, and he replaced Bielema. He's had some really good seasons. Their formula is really sound where they have good defenses, uh, a great offensive line, and they'll find some stud running back, and they tell the quarterback, son, don't fumble the ball, right? But right now, you're at 2-2. Two and two. Here comes the old Badger in, and he could put him. Illinois physical. They're a good defense. You know that is going to stop the run or try to. He's a defensive guy. And then you, you figure out they've already won at Penn State. They beat Nebraska in his opener, not that Nebraska is anything to write home about. You know what? Some of these names that are out there, uh, i.e., the man down south two and a half hours away, Lance Leipold, think of Wisconsin beat Nebraska to the punch on this. I say this because Lance is from Wisconsin. I know he's done his time in, in Nebraska, but he's also a GA at Wisconsin uh, with Dave Remington. So I'm just saying, uh, God love you, Mickey, and go win them all if you're a Nebraska fan. But some of the names on your radar either are going to be real big-time sell jobs by Tread to get them to leave where they're at, or you don't want to get scooped by a guy you have circled you you feel really good about that can build a program from the floor up. And it gets really tough, doesn't it, Elijah? If Nebraska goes from, okay, three and nine to wherever they end up. I mean, what what's what what little momentum, if there is any, if if it doesn't get flipped, buy-in is is thick right now based on what Mickey had to say. Buy-in's new because you have a new voice in Bill Bush that is trying to make things simpler. And I think these guys will do their best to coach up what they have, old players or new players. So I think the effort will be there. But you got to see a win to keep coming to work. you got to see uh, Nebraska perform uh, for as, as a fan base to keep shelling out and, and going and we, you know, we haven't even dove into the the, the sellout streak portion of this because it's it's on life support right now. But it's a it's a season on the brink moment Saturday night. I feel very comfortable saying that. With what what road are you going to take? Because a fork is staring at you right now, wearing 
uh, candy cane uh, uh, bell bottoms, Indiana. It's just the basketball team. But you know what? You know what? This game actually has like, as I've thought about it more, the the game that I keep going back to is Nebraska Illinois twenty nineteen. That that's the game it reminds me of. Where it's it's weird. You win that, and things could have been way different. You get to six. It, it feels the, it feels almost the same. I mean, Nebraska did win that game against Illinois twenty nineteen. That was that was the weird shootout. Uh, oh, I, 40, thought, I, thought 40, were, I thought they were talking Indiana because they lost to yeah, they, Indiana. They lost Indiana. Yeah. But 45-42, I think, was final against Illinois. Maybe. 42-38. 42-38. And then Ohio State dropped a nuke on you with game day here the week after. Mm-hmm. But I'm just talking in, in terms of how this game feels and the momentum of the season. You were coming off some disappointing losses uh, in 2019 with Colorado. Oh, wow. uh, that was disappointing. And then uh, you laid one more egg. That, that I'll just look up the schedule here. I think they were 3-1. and one. I think... Or unless you had the, 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 the Troy mishap, but I thought that was an 18. Lost to Colorado, and you looked bad against South Alabama. Northern Illinois was the get-right game, and then uh, you, you barely snuck one out against Illinois. And then that's – it kind of feels the same way in terms of momentum for the season and in terms of – Except the record's reversed. But also in terms of what this game could look like in terms of very little defense. You're sitting there going, okay, the, look, Nebraska looks like they're going to score every single drive, but so does Illinois. That's almost what this game feels like to me, and I, I guess we'll see. I'm probably going to have a like a – 21 to 20 football game on Saturday. I'm going to look like a real <laughs> idiot. Um, but th- that's what it feels like to me. And it- it's all about getting this momentum right for the rest of the season because, I mean, as a fan, if Nebraska loses this game, do you have confidence they're going to win another game on their schedule? I mean, things can get better under a, a coaching staff, but I really worry about this team going, well, we've lost to Indiana. We're not a very good football team. Let's pack it up. Let's, let's keep ourselves healthy. Let's move on to next season where we're going to have a new head coach in charge. Let's, let's move on to there. That's what I get worried about if Nebraska doesn't put up a good performance against Indiana. And even a tight loss could be enough to keep fans interested in saying, well, you know what, maybe this Husker team isn't the worst Power 5 team in all of college football, which is what they look like based on what I've seen through the first four games of the season. Maybe they're not, if you can keep it close against Indiana. even a, that, It's a moral victory, and I know you don't want moral victories, but in a season like this, maybe a moral victory would be big. But just going out there and performing well, as Charlie said yesterday, play as hard as you can, let the results take care of themselves. I, I think that's what this game on Saturday needs to be, because if it's bad, it, this season could get really, really ugly. It's already been ugly. It, it could be... Like, you don't want to be seen with it ugly. Like, it can take a step further. Like, the likes you've not seen, you only heard horror stories about from great-great-great-grandpa who was here pre-Devani, <laughs> okay? So, it, incredibly big ball game Saturday night for Nebraska against Indiana. Uh, Let's hear a little bit from Mickey Joseph. We'll get into this with Mitch Sherman a little bit too uh, from a national perspective. And while we can't crawl inside the mind of coaches, we talk to enough of them and we love hearing their perspective and expertise. You got to wonder right now on the college football landscape, is is, is Nebraska worth it? Is it worth moving uh, our family? Is it worth the money? Is it worth the pressure? Is it worth, and I'm not saying this to be nasty. I grew up here, went to the university, and enjoy really enjoy covering this team. So I'm not throwing dirt. I'm saying, is it worth it in reference to being a Dave Aranda at Baylor from a recruiting standpoint and money? And you can win the league. Is it worth it if your coach Leipold at Kansas 
you're you're doing some heavy lifting right now. You're on the doorstep in just year two in the top 25. Is it worth it if you're Matt Campbell? Do they look at the Nebraska job the same way that the fan base looks at the Nebraska job? And and I I doubt it. Uh, maybe it's 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 a it's a sell. Maybe it's it's work by Trev. And then listen, I sound like I'm discounting Mickey. I'm not, but it is brutally difficult for an interim unless you're named Dabo Sweetie or Ed Orgeron to do this and get the job. Clay Helton also did it. There's been some examples, but there's been examples of guys doing it uh, in places that have a ton of talent. I think there is talent in Nebraska, but not comparatively to California or Louisiana or South Carolina. Uh, just from a, from, a, from a recruiting footprint standpoint. You can go do it, and you can do it well in Lincoln. But you got to be a really good coach to do it. We'll take some calls here in a moment. We'll get uh, some thoughts from Mickey Joseph. Brody Belt was pretty good today. And then Colton Feast on the way. Who's with us? we got Paul and Lincoln on the line. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. One thing to consider for Leopold and uh, any of the others uh, from uh, the Big 12 or whatever's left of it, that's just it. What's left of it? In a couple of years, you're not going to have Texas. You're not going to have Oklahoma. What's going to happen to that league? Do you really want to stick around for that? Embers of the dumpster fire to come to what is a raging dumpster fire at Nebraska. Why it gets so much warmer here? Well, there's, there's better two fires. Right. You could be in a better conference, but with the playoff expanding, are you automatically ruled out if you're still a resident to the Big 12 or Pac-12? Well, I, th- I think it kind of comes down to your aspirations as a coach. Like, like Dave Aranda, look at him in particular. He's still got over $40 million left in his contract. If all you care about in the coaching world is earning your paycheck and having a cushy job, you're not probably not going to get fired from. Aranda's in a great spot. But if you want to raise your level as a coach uh, in the scheme of They're college competitive. football, the if, if you want to be one of the great coaches, you need to leave uh, a school like Baylor and come to, I'm not, I don't want to say Nebraska in particular, but a school in either the Big Ten or the SEC. Those are the, the two premier conferences moving forward. So it comes down to what Aranda wants from his career or, or what any of these candidates want from their career. I, You know, Paul, your point is is – well taken. Thank you for for making that. Um, yeah, Nebraska is not not an easy gig right now, and it could be a worse look just because of of how the season may end through no fault of effort by by current coaches or players. Right? I mean, the effort's going to be put forth. You believe that? Let's uh, sneak in one more phone call real quick before Mitch. Uh, who's with us? It's Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead. How are you doing today? Good, Pete. Thanks. I think Nebraska's job is pretty attractive yet. Um, you know, one of the things that separates us from a lot of those teams, and, and we have the fan base and support, and we're the only uh, Division One team in, in the state. Mm-hmm. I think uh, being in the Big Ten financial uh, stability means quite a bit. Uh, you know, as a coach coming into Nebraska, you're going to get whatever you need, and you're going to have the support of the athletic director. I think those are big things. No, there there's some positives. Absolutely. The paycheck, the stability, the league you're in. I mean, the two conferences you're going to want to get into because of the pay is the SEC and the Big Ten. Now, from a recruiting footprint standpoint, and uh, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you chiming in again. It's it's still a place where you're going to have to develop, 
and and how how far back are you right now is the question right how far how how set back is this program at we won't know till the end of the season but it was supposed to be a build and a and and a flip this house type deal with frost uh that, that didn't go well uh you had transition without any really big 10 understanding from riley and his crew and then you've got the rep or scarlet letter of being uh, the college football program that has hammered two 10 win coaches because <laughs> it wasn't good enough and while you and i may have moved on from that has the coaching fraternity mm. We'll talk with Mitch Sherman. We'll dive into this Indiana matchup, the magnitude of Saturday night, and uh, the attractiveness. Hail Varsity continues. It's presented by Currency. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity, presented by Currency, Rick Kaczynski, Colton Feast, coming up in hour two. We say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, thanks for the time. How's your Tuesday? You got uh, you got Brody Bell coming up on uh, on the show too. We well we don't have Brody. We got some cuts from Brody here uh, okay, next segment. You got the you got the you got the bleeper ready. No, we we can get away. I think we can get away with saying what what he said. All um, of it. Well, no, that's ooh. Thank you for that warning. <laughs> yeah, some some bleep talking going on. <laughs> Good old Brody. Yeah, it was. It was uh, it was it was entertain, entertaining. Brody Belt, who thought? I mean, good job, Brody. He's showing some passion up there in this mm-hmm. time for Nebraska football when there's a tendency to be a little bit listless about what's actually happening on the field. Well, and, and that's just it. That'll take us to, to Saturday night, Mitch. Uh, there's a lot of games you can point back to over the years in this tough run for Nebraska, but Man, it's it's a it's a big old question mark Saturday night with Nebraska and Indiana defense maybe optional based on statistics anyway. This is this is a gotta have, man. They're all gotta haves, but this really feels like a gotta have for Nebraska. Is it though? I mean, a gotta have, or else what? Then, or else they're they, they're looking at one and eleven, which <laughs> maybe you know. I mean, you yeah, never right. Know. Very possibly. I think this is the worst team left on, left on Nebraska's schedule, or or at least the worst. Um, you know, the best chance that Nebraska has to win. Yeah. Rutgers is not great, but that's a Friday night on the road. And, and if you're coming off three consecutive losses, I don't right. think that's a very winnable game. So this might be the most winnable game left on Nebraska's schedule. And is there, I guess if you want to salvage something from this season, and, and really 
what there is to salvage at that point, I think, is open for debate. But if you want to salvage something, you're right. This is one you got to have. At the end of it all, I don't know how much we're going to look back at this and say it made all that much of a difference if Nebraska was a one-win team or a two-win team or a four-win team in 2022. But in the moment, absolutely, you want to win as many games as you can. And, of course, that's what those players want, and it's the mentality of Mickey Joseph and and all of the guys on his coaching staff. And it means something to them, um, likely, uh, as it relates to all of their futures. Well, well, Mitch, do you think it matters for Trev coming up once he's going to be hiring a new coach to say, we, we had a, say, a 4-8 and eight football team as opposed to a 1-11? I mean, I know the, the dollars and cents are what's going to be talking here, but as a coach, 1-11 does look a lot different than 3-9 in terms of what job you have to do to build this program up. It's one thing if you're 3-9 you're and nine after firing your head coach and you can say, well, maybe the, the talent didn't live up to expectations, but 1-11, that, that's, that's a tough sell. You know, it's what Scott Frost walked into in 2016 at UCF. They were 0-12, and I think everybody recognized that was a team that fell apart and in some ways gave up under the, the former coach, George O'Leary. And, and, you know, you saw the work that he did in a short period of time and that staff did to turn them around and make them a 500 team or slightly better in, in 2016 and then and then win every game at 17. And in, in this age with the transfer portal and players moving at, at, a, at a higher rate than they were at that time, now it's a different conference and it's a different story to be able to rebuild in the Big Ten than it is to rebuild in, in the American Conference. But... You know, there are, there are other stories out there, like Baylor um, under Dave Aranda in, in, in 2020, going from two wins to, to 12 wins in 2021. I don't think it's as tough of a sell, a sell, Elijah, as it maybe once was if you have a team where the win total is way down at the bottom and, and a new coach is coming in. In some ways, it, it softens the expectations. Um, you know, it lowers the bar. Um, on on what's expected right away, and that's not necessarily ever a bad thing for a new coach coming in. Mitch Sherman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter's where you follow him, uh, read him with not the. To say that, Go not ahead. to say that Nebraska should strive to be one in eleven. Thank you, Mitch. Nothing much good that comes from that. <laughs> no, not at all. I want to get into to some of the the names here and. Aranda, you, you laid out, uh, you have Leipold, Campbell, of course. I mean, those are the, the, the three, and, and of course, O'Brien. But I, I don't know Lance at all. I have people I'm close with that know him. And if, if say, Mickey does great work, but Trev's going to go with the national search, and, and Leipold is right there, and Aranda's right there. I think, I think pulling Aranda from Baylor's a real tough ask. Just because of what uh-huh. they what they have going, I mean, and with Kansas, right now the way Lance is going, there's lots of season left. But is is it a? I mean, how many tre- how many nos could Trev get from people? I guess he could have a great list put together, but when they look at Nebraska and and Trev, yeah, you have money, yeah, you have Trev, yeah, you have the Big Ten, but guys might be content where they're at or 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 patient. I mean, it's not a given that Nebraska could get who they want. No, it's definitely not. I don't think he would get a no from Lance Leipold, though. Okay. I think they would they would find a way to make that work, considering that you're looking at a jump from from Kansas to Nebraska, and you know it's a totally different story when you talk about Baylor and Aranda. And I do want to I do want to say that yeah. 
And I think that there is a tendency on the part of Nebraska fans to look at Baylor in the way that people saw Baylor when Nebraska left the Big, Ten, the Big 12 mm-hmm. more than a decade ago. It's a completely different situation and a different program. And Baylor's been through some of the darkest times for any school and program in college football history. But they you know, have cleaned house and changed leaders. And the people who Dave Miranda works for are not the people who were in charge when Art Bryles was there and the basketball program and the football program were, were run amok. Um, it's a good situation that he's in, and they're the reigning Big 12 champs, and he has built that thing at Baylor, and money is not an issue. And they're moving into a league. Well, they're not moving, but they're, they're, the league is changing uh, the way that it looks uh, in, a, in a way that could allow Baylor to reign supreme in the Big 12. And access to the college football playoffs for Baylor in a 12-team playoff, which is coming three to four years from now, mm-hmm. is solid. Uh, you could argue that the access access for Baylor to the college football playoff is better than it, than it is will be better than it is for Nebraska in a 16 team Big Ten. So I wouldn't get the cart ahead of the horse in thinking about what Nebraska faces in trying to woo Dave Aranda if that is is a possibility. You know, if that's a direction that Trev Alberts wants to go, I think that would be a very very difficult. Um, stone to overturn. Um, not saying it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not putting him in the category of completely unattainable. I mean, this isn't Lincoln Riley, like you trying to hire, hire him. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't get my hopes up on that one just because of the situation that he's in. Different story at Kansas. And if it comes to that and he is the desired target, I think Nebraska would make that happen with, without a whole lot of difficulty. Mitch Sherman is with us here from The Athletic. And, and Mitch, it seems like the top three names we've talked about here, Campbell, Leopold, Aranda, it, it seems to be that that's the, the common knowledge of that's the top three. But do you think that it is the top three in, in Trev's mind, or is that just the top three from talking heads like you and me that, that spend all day talking about this program? Like, like where, did this, where do you think this top three is actually coming from? I doubt it. I doubt that that's the top three in, in Trev's mind. You know, I don't think, I don't think we're, we're guessing correctly and – I, you know, guess is not the right word. I mean, this is this is this is stuff that um, people have reported. Uh, in, in, well, I say that wrong. Uh, it's it's information that we've gathered as mm-hmm. as reporters. Um, you know, like in in my case, in the case of others who who do this job, we we talk to people, agents, others in the others in the coaching industry, um, and you know, these are the names that continue to come up, but. To assume that all of that speculation has hit the nail on the head and they're the three that, that he's looking at. And I don't even know that those three have necessarily been grouped uh, by anyone to say, this is it, this is the top three. You know, Bruce Feldman from, from my company has put uh, Bill O'Brien in that category with Leipold and Campbell. Um, Aranda, I think, has come onto the scene in conversations because of the start that Baylor's had this year following up a 12-win season, and he looks like a very attractive candidate. Again, I don't know that that means that he's attainable. So I doubt it. I doubt it, Elijah. I think we're off base somewhat. Not to say that these names aren't out there for Trev. I do think they are. I think he's obviously aware of these coaches and may want to sit down with some of these guys, 
at, at when the time is right. Some of these coaches won't want to do that mm-hmm. before the end of the year, but there are ways to to further the process, even with a coach like that. So, um, but I think there's other people involved. I think there's other names involved that maybe we're underestimating, and I think it's very possible that we're overestimating a name or two also. Mitch, real quick here, about uh, 90 seconds or so. Wisconsin, how sturdy? How sturdy is the ground with uh, with Paul Christ right now? Well, it hasn't been the greatest run, and they've taken a step back for sure since um, you know Wisconsin's heyday uh, three or four years ago. But you know, I don't, I don't get the sense that look if Wisconsin goes out and gets beat by Brett Bielema, its former coach here um, this week, then at Illinois, then you might start to hear some conversations like that. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, it, close to the ground in, in Madison that there's people who are unhappy. Wisconsin doesn't like getting blown out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't even end up watching the Ohio State-Wisconsin game on Saturday night. I was looking forward to it. And by the time I got around to turning the game on, it was 28 to nothing. So <laughs> that's, not, that's not Wisconsin football at all. Um, something's, something's amiss, um, uh, undoubtedly. Um, you look at the West and the complexion of it, and Minnesota's the, the the clear favorite right now, I would say, with the problems that Wisconsin and Iowa have had to start this season. So, yeah, it's, it's um, I wouldn't say shaky ground, but I, I think there are questions about what's going on at Wisconsin. And, and it, you know, and it's not just a deal where, like, Paul Christ is going to coach there for the next 20 years. Uh, I asked that in reference to, to Wisconsin and if they would make a phone call to Lance Leipold, he was a GA there. Mitch, I need I need two yeah. need two more minutes with you. Can you give us that on the other side here? I don't want to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, you bet. All right, sure. Mitch Sherman with us here from the Athletic on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll and, continue that conversation with him in a moment. And with Wisconsin, though, they have a great head coaching candidate as a defensive coordinator with Jim Linderwood. I mean, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse. No, as Mitch and, said with with Chris, I think he's still got pretty good job stability unless something atrocious happens this weekend but why would you go call Leipold whenever you got a guy in Jim Leonard that is getting some some steam be- built up as being a head coach because of the experience of the guy who's won as a head coach that's why if you think going in-house is the right call again or if you go outside and we again we're getting way ahead of ourselves Wisconsin's two and two but it's been it's been anything but badger like a few more minutes here with Mitch Sherman like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at hail varsity i'm brandon vogel managing editor i wanted to offer listeners of the hail varsity radio show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription that means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman for giving us some overtime here. Mitch, we were talking uh, Nebraska opening uh, Lance Leipold and, and just the way things, what's the temperature at Wisconsin? Where I was going here before we, we ran up against it was Nebraska is, is open for a national surge. Wisconsin 
is is set and settled right now, but who's to say it doesn't go south? It's getting dicey in Wisconsin's two and two. If if Leipold's got a Bucky hat and a Nebraska hat on the table, being from Wisconsin is that is that a pull right now? If we're going to play the hypothetical game, we've coached in both states. He has history in both states. You know, he won big at Wisconsin Whitewater. People are going to know the name if he was chosen for that job. I think just like on the surface, um, and, and and maybe the personality and the. Um, the culture and the, the way the culture has been established at those two programs over the last, let's say, 15 to 20 years, he would look like a better fit at Wisconsin. And I think he might see himself as a better fit at Wisconsin. But, you know, there are things that exist at Nebraska as far as the resources, and I would even go as far as to say the loyalty and the commitment to football mm-hmm. that, are not on that level at Wisconsin. Look, Wisconsin's a Big Ten school. It is, it is a college football playoff contender uh, when there's a 12-team playoff. I think the expectation would be many times over the course of a decade. And the success there far outpaces what Nebraska's had in recent years. But think if Wisconsin had a run of five consecutive losing seasons. The stadium would be empty. Yep. Um, you don't see the kind of support year-round for the program that you do at Nebraska. It's just a different... Um, a, a little bit of a different culture with the Packers um, and pro sports in Milwaukee. So, you know, I think that's something that would be taken into consideration by any coach who was weighing both of those programs. But I also feel like um, from a fit perspective, while he's not, wouldn't be a bad fit in Nebraska, I, I think he'd be a great fit um, in, in Madison. So I don't think Wisconsin's going to come open. I really don't. I mean, it's, it's, um, I think they'll find their footing. You know, it's probably not going to be a great year, but I don't think it's going to be enough, um, a bad enough year mm-hmm. where they're looking to fire Paul Christ. Well, I mean, Mitch, but elsewhere in college football, just with, with how things are changing in the landscape of college football, I do think even if Wisconsin uh, remains Paul Christ's job, there, there could be other big-time jobs opening up when I look at Texas A&M, they've been a little bit suspect so far this season. I think the boosters expected more from Jimbo Fisher this season. Uh, you could go to, to Notre it's Dame. A I, big I, check, man. I, I know it's. And I know they got it, but I, and I know it's Marcus Freeman's first year at Notre Dame. But Notre Dame expects more than what they've had this season. I even go somewhere like Northwestern. I, I, Pat Fitzgerald's been there for forever, but they look like a far cry of what they were four or five years ago. So there could be a, a lot of jobs opening up this season, at least in my opinion. Are you feeling the same way? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, any any year can mushroom into a year that um, Jimbo Fisher, by the by the way, would be owed ninety five million dollars. <laughs> hey, the boosters got money down there. Oh, but come on, I mean, that's just... <laughs> hey, it could happen. It could happen. I talked when I talked to Joel Klatt, um a few weeks ago, uh, right after the the Frost decision came down, um, and I asked him about this. Basically, the same question that that you're asking me, Elijah, about what kind of a year it looks like it's going to be in the coaching carousel. You know, we talked about Auburn and Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arizona State's now open. Um, Georgia Tech is open. Um, Auburn is going to come open. Um, and, and, <laughs> to make you know, sure first, of that, right? <laughs> right. It's going to it's going to come open. Um, it would have come. Was yeah. Um, it's a week to week thing. <laughs> right. It, we and, and he brought up Jimbo. Joel did, mm-hmm. and you know, ninety five million. <laughs> they would do it if there's one place that would do it. Um, it's Texas A&M. <laughs> 
So that's what I'm saying. They, and they would be proud of it. They would <laughs> they would make a billboard that they paid ninety five million to fire their coach, probably. So I don't I don't know. Um and you know, I don't know that we're talking about the same kind of candidates either. If no. Texas A and M comes open and they and they buy out a coach for ninety five million, um they're going for I don't, saving. Think, <laughs> I don't think they're going for Lance Leipold. That, no, I, I mean, yeah. no no offense to Lance Leipold, but I don't think that's where they're going, um, if that's the case. But uh, yeah, others are gonna open. I, I don't Notre Dame no. I mean it's a first year coach, you're gonna you're gonna give him time. But um Auburn, yeah, yeah. And, and there there will there will be others. So probably not on the same level of what we saw last year with USC, LSU, Notre Dame, Florida. Um, it was some big time heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Like there's places there's surprises every year. You know what if Michigan has another great year and Jim Harbaugh decides to go to the NFL? Mm-hmm. You know what if something happens at Penn State and, and that comes open? And anytime those big jobs like those two, um, you know, come open. Uh, or an A&M or an Auburn or any SEC job, uh, then, you know, if UCLA were to come up, then um, uh, there's a domino effect. And it could it could turn into a year where there's more movement than what we expected at the beginning. Mitch, 90 seconds, we'll get you out. But uh, what was going through your head with Adrian's performance Saturday night? I was just really happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Love to see it. Um, he's a, he just had a just a great, a great guy. Um, always had outstanding interactions with him. You know, going back to the very beginning, even before he got to Nebraska, um, a class act. Just he's, he's wish him the best. Happy to see that he was able to get over that hump in his college career and beat a top ten team. You know, do it on the road come up clutch in the end, perform on the big stage, you know, with five touchdowns. And, and you just see the, the joy um, that he had in, in doing that. I don't think there's, there's any reason that people around Nebraska should look at that as, as anything. It's, just, it's, it's a great thing for him. It's a guy that poured everything that he had for four years and gave more to Nebraska than, uh, than I <laughs> Than, I, than you know, just about anybody um, has in in their in their careers, despite um, losing so many games. It's it's uh, you know it's not it's not his fault um, entirely that 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 happened. He had he had help in losing those games, no doubt. So um, happy for him and, and hope that he has continued success this year at K State. Mitch Sherman, Mitch, we will see you this weekend. Thanks for uh, the extra time today. Appreciate you as always, man. You bet. Thanks, guys. There he is, Mitch Sherman, with us here on Hale Varsity. Uh, Brennan chimes in on the stream yard. I would bet my last dollar on Indiana and hope they would lose. Uh, but that five and a half is five and a half. Jeff chimes in. How good does KU basketball want their football program to get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Self, we, we just had to, to pay to keep our football coach. What? Football coach is making what I'm making? Huh? I mean, that's where KU went sideways a long time ago because they bet on basketball to be the sugar daddy, and it, it's a football world. As cool and as awesome as KU Hoops is, man, they're great. They're incredible. But it's just a different animal with how you print money. It's TV you rights. Print, you print money with TV rights in football. Mm-hmm. But with an expanded playoff, no matter what the Big 12 looks like, if Baylor's got a an 11-win season, they're not going to be left out. That, that was a good take from Mitch. Yeah. That was a good take from Mitch that Baylor is really well positioned with how college football moves forward. 
to make the college football playoff and to be that leader in the Big 12. And, and that's that's a factor that I really hadn't thought about. I, I understand Baylor is not what they were 10 years ago, but I, I, I kind of forgot about how that might look in five years as opposed to right now. Who knows how it looks? I mean, do they... Get obs- did they get picked finally? I mean, Baylor was the the fat kid trying to find a way onto a winning dodgeball team for a lot of years. Been there. Now they've uh, now they've got all the ammo. We'll wind down this first hour. Uh, Rick Kaczynski coming up. Hail Varsity continues. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman this hour. Rick Kaczynski a Tuesday with Kaz Colton Feast on the way. We are presented to you, Hale Varsity Radio, by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. You're looking for seats Saturday night under the lights, Memorial Stadium. How about your friends at Red Zone Tickets? Selling fun since 2001. Maybe you're trying to get rid of some seats. They take care of that as well. All types of events, not just Husker football, but also Husker volleyball. NFL action, you want to get out of Kansas City or Green Bay or Denver, Elijah, and see some offense. Uh, I tell you what, Red Zone tickets can make that happen. Creighton, they are loaded up this year, man. You want to go see Creighton basketball, Husker hoops, concerts, theaters, CWS, it's all there with Red Zone tickets. They are located in Omaha. They are local. They're great people. And they're your local source that won't disappoint. 100% guarantee on all orders. An A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. And I tell you what, you can find them today. And cross that event off your bucket list. Do so uh, and make the memories last a lifetime with redzonetickets.com. So uh, I just saw two tweets that I had tears running down my uh, my cheeks here. It's my anniversary. If you didn't catch uh, the line change with Nick Handley, Nick wished me a, a happy anniversary. 19 years with the bunny. Uh, she's incredible. But some guy tweeted out, his poor wife's in labor. There's a shot of him at the hospital. And he's like, man, this thing's taken forever. He had to, he had to order a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> he had, he's got a pizza in his hand. He's got a picture. And she's just screaming in pain. Oh. And what was some guy got his PlayStation? Yeah. Call of Duty? Yeah, I saw this tweet a couple of months well, ago. His wife's in labor and the same thing it was taking a while, so he brought his PlayStation to the hospital. And was, he entertained himself? He was in the same room, at least. Like, it was just oh, taking a little bit. Oh, that's horrible. That's awful. I don't see anything wrong with it. Just Dude, kidding. You wouldn't. <laughs> uh, what's had tears in my eyes today is the fact that one of my buddies, his, uh, his high school alma mater, lost over the weekend. Sure. Uh, by a score of 96 to nothing. Really? Yeah. They, they no cut, running clock, apparently. No, they, they, they cut the, uh, the varsity football program after the loss. Uh, for the season, then where was this? Uh, Shenandoah, Iowa. So and they if, cut the varsity program. Mm-hmm. We, we've been discussing all day. There's eleven of eleven of us in a group chat, and we've been discussing today uh, whether or not we could give them a run for their money. I think only four guys in the group chat actually played football growing up, but that, that's been the topic of discussion. I think we'd lose. Oh, I, well, I, I think we'd lose, but I think we might be able to give them a run for their money. The game that that brought on the mercy rule in Class A. Mm-hmm. Because what is it, 35 points? After 35 points in the second half running clock. Running clock, right. And there was a game where Southwest, and Southwest was pretty good early, and they're good now. But early, for a new school, they were were really talented. I think their first two years were back-to-back state title game appearances. Yeah, I mean, they they, early on. But our old boy uh, and friend, 
uh, Jose Jefferson, just great dude. I loved covering Jose when he was doing indoor football here, and Jose was always good to me. Jose took over uh, a, a low point at Lincoln High, and Southwest just rocked them 84 to nothing. Just, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't close, but it wasn't even that close. And it was just one program that was loaded, and you had some Division One dudes, and Lincoln High, you saw them build up, and and they were a really talented program and, and still are great, great kids but what 96 nothing but that was your, uh, your your straw that broke the camels back for sure coach Kaczynski's on the way on Hale Varsity like what you hear high quality radio and podcast just part of what we do at Hale Varsity hey it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription that means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Colton Feast with us here on Hail Varsity Radio. Colton, how's the off week treated you and how's it been to get back at practice? Yeah, off week definitely treated us good we definitely got some good work in during that time too got some key lifts and had a couple days off but i think we were ready to come back and today we had a good practice i think it showed what did you do on your day off or your time off um not much really just hung out um kind of just regrouped relaxed got my body right so nothing crazy what do you do to relax football family yeah i uh like watching football whether that's college or nfl so obviously on saturday um the indiana game was on so i watched that and then sunday watched some more football we had some stuff so just kind of getting away um just hanging out with my family too um, my girlfriend and everything so it was a good time colton feast with us here hale varsity radio impressions of indiana i flipped that on as well and uh, man their tempo is pretty impressive yeah um i think they're averaging over three plays per minute right now which is really quick so i think the big emphasis on us is being able to rotate when we need to because they're going to throw the ball a lot too so uh, i think they ran 66 passing plays last game so we've been looking at them pretty well and seeing what we need to do versus them so how's the um the, the progression been on the defensive line since ireland and now you and your mates up front yeah i think um with devin drew getting here a little late um he's definitely came into a bigger role and then just kind of having the rotation be what it is um i know the first game we had a few more plays in them but now it's kind of evening out which is kind of nice so you can give 100 percent 100 percent of the time when you're in and we know that our backups will come in for us and we'll go in for them whenever they need a break so trust is building with uh, the rotation or was it there all along no yeah the trust was definitely there i think all along it was just getting them in the game and even and out the reps, maybe not weren't looked at. We've been doing a really good job of that, and I think that's been keeping us fresh, um, preventing injuries and stuff like that. So, what's it like to play for Dawson? Yeah, he's a really good coach. Um, he'll be hard on you. He'll tell you what needs to be done. Like in the end of the day, that's what you want from a coach. He's going to tell you how it is. Um, he'll make you better. So yeah, I really like playing for him. How's the the transition been the last couple of weeks with a change at coordinator, a change at head coach? have you been able to, to process all of it? Yeah, obviously there's been a lot going on the last month or so here. So um, kind of just 
putting all that aside and um like people say the ball's going to kick off on saturday um so this saturday last saturday whatever it was whenever something happened so just kind of getting closer with your teammates and really um going through everything together um has really helped us and i think that's something we've done really well is all stuck together um and obviously have the goal this week to beat indiana How's Coach Joseph come in and, and I guess, calmed things during a pretty chaotic time? Yeah, Coach Joseph's a great guy. Um, um, it's been nice having him here um, for Frost. Um, obviously, I love Frost, too. He was one who brought me here um, five years ago, um, gave me a walk-on opportunity here. So um, really did a lot for me. But now that Coach Joseph's in the spot, things are a little different, you know. Um, the way practice is, um, they each have their own ways, things, way of doing things. But it's been it's been good. He's bringing he's bringing some energy. Um, he loves on us a lot though too. Um, we'll work hard, but he'll he'll tell us when things are good, when they're not, and what needs to be fixed. So that's good to hear from my head coach. What are some of the tweaks and differences with practice, Colton? Yeah, um, just kind of the layout. That's kind of the main difference. We're doing a couple things differently. Um, Pre practice, uh, stretch stuff like that. Just different ways of doing things. So. He mentioned uh, more individual work, and tell us a little bit about what's that been like for you, and, and some of the individual work that goes on with the D line. Yeah, I think individual work's um, obviously a big thing. Um, that's where you get all your fundamental work in. Um, obviously, the team periods—that's where you try to translate all that stuff over. But as far as technique goes, um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of that, especially on a bye week. You know, that's kind of where you you want to get your technique, everything right. You know, that's where you can get better at a big chunk of time. Um, well, in a little chunk of time, I mean. But yeah, um, individual work for the D line, a lot of striking, um, pass rush stuff, striking um, different gaps, doing stuff on the move, different stuff like that. So, what's your journey been like? You mentioned the walk on opportunity. Yeah. You grew up here in Nebraska, and you've been a big part of the defense. Yeah, obviously, growing up here, um, I kind of always dreamed of coming here. And then, obviously, when Frost, his first year here, he came in, and we had a walk-on night, and he offered me an opportunity. And basically, the next day, I was committed here. So, And just uh, working my way up as a walk-on, you know, um, each year, just getting better and better. Uh, battled a few injuries, which really hurt me um, for playing time. Um, I think things would look a little different. I'd have some playing time experience under my belt, but that's just kind of how things are. So, Tell me about the, the mental and physical perseverance you've gone through. Yeah, so I came in here. I wasn't very <clears throat> I wasn't very heavy. Obviously, I needed to gain some weight to play in the Big Ten. Um, sitting at like 240 when I got here, so I was like, this ain't going to work. You know, going through that first year of scout team, I was like, I'm going to have to gain some weight or this ain't going to work what, at all. You, you were 240. What are you, what are you at now? 280. Okay. 280, 285. So, yeah. So, I had to gain some weight, which obviously takes some time. Um, obviously, we have great strength staff here. Um, so they've helped out a lot. Dave Ellis helped out a lot. But um, mentally, yeah, there were some struggles for sure. Um, going through practice every day, thinking if you're maybe questioning yourself sometimes. But, yeah, it was just day in and day out of just grinding, um, working towards, obviously, my dream of playing here, which I've gotten the opportunity to do now. A couple more minutes. Colton Feast with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, a thought here on, on Coach Bush and what's different with him and how that's been been uh, adapted by the defense. You've had a bye week, and, and now you're, you're ready for more Big Ten play. Yeah, um, Coach Bush, obviously, he's been around the game for a while, and I'm pretty familiar with him, as a lot of us are, that he was our special teams coordinator. Um, so, yeah, we've just been doing a few things differently. Um, got some new words, new stuff like that. Um, 
which obviously with his bye week, it's helped us a lot to be able to understand everything and know what he's trying to get out of us. So I think the bye week was good for that. The newer guys, the the Drews, the Wins, uh, O'Shawn, do uh, you sense that they're more comfortable? Yeah, I think obviously um, they've never played here before maybe, and then in the Big Ten, obviously none of them have. So I think that was maybe a little bit of an adjustment for them, but I think they've all adjusted really well, and I think we're getting good football out of all of them right now. So, Morale-wise, how are things post-Oklahoma, and it, do you feel like it's a fresh start here Saturday? Yeah, that's kind of how we're seeing it. Um, it's a fresh start. It's Big Ten slate now. Um, all these games that we got left are Big Ten play, so obviously we have a lot in front of us, and we can accomplish a lot this year still. So we're all just sticking together, knowing that we can still accomplish a lot. Who are you closest with on the team? Who have you uh, talked with, leaned on? Who have you kind of grown friendship-wise with? Yeah, obviously um, my D-line guys, um, me, Ty, Nash, Ty, Ty, Nash, Windrew, we're all really close. Um, My roommate, Wyatt Lever, we're really close. Um, And then the backers, Nick and Luke, um, we're pretty close, Garrett Nelson. So we kind of all just hang out, you know, um, and stick together with each other. They're all really good guys, and we all want to accomplish the same mission, so... Best cook, best golfer, and funny man of the group. Best cook? Oh, man. Probably probably Wyatt Lever. Okay. Yeah. Best golfer, that's definitely me. Okay. And then what was the last one? Uh, best cook, best golfer, and then funny man. Funny man. I'll probably have to go with Nash. He's a pretty funny guy. Okay. What do you shoot? What do I shoot? Uh, we went to, uh, that's actually something I did over the bye week. We went golfing at uh, Iron Horse. I shot eight over on the back nine, so I'm not great by any means, but it's, it's fun. You had a lot better weekend than I did on the course. So, <laughs> Colton, best to you. Thanks for a few minutes. Thank you. I'll take uh, eight over. It was eight over per hole at Wilderness, man. We'll wind down to Tuesday. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Big thanks to Rick Kaczynski, Colton Feast, Mitch Sherman today. So get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and also the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. We're streaming live here on StreamYard, ESPN Lincoln, and Hale Varsity Radio, Facebook, and Twitter feed. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm jacked about this, man. Matt Millen going to be with us, former Raider. And uh, and uh, also played Wash for Washington and, and the Niners got four Super Bowl rings, but he he, uh, he was so close with John Madden. There's going to be some road trip stories with John Madden, I do believe. And in any like early '80s, late '70s Raiders stories are going to be gold. By the way, he's doing the Nebraska game, and Matt Millen's great. We've met him a few times at Big Ten Media Days. He's been on with us in the past. He'll be in for Nebraska, Indiana. So we'll talk with Matt Millen tomorrow, Evan Bland, World Herald, Mike Babcock, Mr. Husker Football, and then Mike Schuhart going to be with us. And uh, Thursday, Dr. Rob Zadiska, part of that pipeline, baby, uh, will be with us. So a strong finish. Don't forget, we are at the single barrel on Friday. 
uh, 4 to 6. Roadshow Friday for a home football Friday. Come see us at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Uh, Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday in the Haymarket in Lincoln. Saturday at the Single Barrel again, 3.30 to 5.30 for the weekend edition. So, uh, we invite you down. Reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, are you going to collect on that joke of a Monday night football game where I stupidly took the unders for two horribly scoring football teams, the overs hit, and I took a undefeated team at home against a backup quarterback from Dallas. I'm not bitter or anything, nor am I annoyed mildly that you sent this giant T-bone on the grill <laughs> gif my way. So I'm half awake, half asleep, and Elijah's like, let me text this to Schmidt. Well, it's pretty good. Well timed. How did you not expect that Cooper Rush would come in and We'd outplay go. Daniel Jones? Well, here's the thing. I I was leaning on the giant run game in Barkley mm. and the giant defense to snuff out said Dallas offensive attack. And I personally was but leaning didn't, didn't on the Giants like just wasn't it didn't it look like Nebraska offensive line play so last saying, year? I, I was like leaning on the sacks. Giants being the Giants is what I was leaning on. And Daniel Jones was already the most pressured quarterback in the league on the season and now you got Micah Parsons coming at you. Well what they end up with was like six sacks. Good question. It was there. I mean, I think it was, so. it was up I think there. So. It was up there. <laughs> it, was a, it was a contract year for the entire front seven. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I I never had a doubt that the uh, the Cowboys are going to pull that one out. So, well, should have listened to you. Wow. I should I should have let you pick. You would have picked wrong. This is very true, right? If, well, if I would have picked it, the Giants would have won. You're going to absolutely talk to Millen tomorrow about you know Denver and Oakland matchups, aren't you? Oh, I I hope so. If you let me. Oh, totally, totally. Oh, please. Yeah, that's there's the be infamous a... no dump rule. Well, well, the... on the John Madden bus. <laughs> Oh, okay. I had to think for a second. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm 14 again. Forgive me. <laughs> check us out tomorrow. Hail Varsity back at you at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.